Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to the first live show of Dirt Radio for 2020. Before we start, of course, I want to acknowledge that we are on the lands of the Wurundjeri people in the Kulin Nation where sovereignty has never been ceded. I want to uh, pay my respects to all First Nations people, especially coming out of the difficult period of Invasion Day or Survival Day. And uh, let's make 2020 the year that we abolish Australia Day. Uh, Of course, we pay respects also to elders, past, present and emerging, and we look forward in 2020 to talking about all issues uh, surrounding the environment and also how they affect First Nations cultures, First Nations peoples, and work with them collaboratively as we strive for environmental and social justice. Today on the show, um, we're going to head back into uh, live interviews, and I hope you enjoyed our summer series of shows. Um, Today, we're going to talk about a really difficult issue. So Friends of the Earth work by mobilising communities to resist things like plantation, monoculturing of forests um, and habitat and ecosystem destruction to transform the world into one where humans work in harmony with nature rather than against it, where environmental justice and social justice are inextricably linked. Today, we're going to talk about something that happened over the weekend that's quite disturbing. And I want to play you a video that kind of was the first thing that happened um, to alert us to this story. And just a warning, it is a little bit distressing. I just can't do this. (laughs) They bulldozed 140 acres down. And just killed all of their koalas. I'm tired. And we've got no help. And the government should have stepped in and fixed this, but nobody has done anything. Look at the destruction that they've done. And there's koalas lying there dead. Mothers killed and only little babies. <laughs> Australia should be ashamed of this. I'm sorry, but I'm tired and we need help. That was the voice of Helen Oakley, who is a resident down in Portland and obviously an avid koala lover. Um, News of this koala massacre broke over the weekend and has understandably shocked many Victorians and it's reverberated around the world with international interest in this story. Koala, of course, is an iconic species in Australia and has been really hit hard by the fires. So this only added salt to the wound of uh, people already feeling quite worried about this species. 
Joining me in just a little bit will be Anthony Amos, who is the Strzelecki Koala Action Team Coordinator at Friends of the Earth Melbourne and has been working for a long time trying to uh, understand and protect and the Strzelecki koala in particular, and understand what's happening with koalas around Australia. So we'll join with him and dig into this quite complex issue to understand what is going on with koalas in Australia at the moment. We'll be back in just a minute. Well, if you listen to Tracy, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to Tracy, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to Tracy, oh, I sure know where you are. If you listen to Tracy, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to Tracy, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to Tracy, oh, clap your hands. We'll check out the happy vibe. They're gonna ring up and subscribe. If you listen to Tracy, oh, flap your ears. What? Who the hell is that? Flap your ears. What are you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is handmade radio. Get out of here now. You're tuned to 3CR. 855. On your end. If you just tuned in. Why would you stay listening and listening a while? You're back on Dirt Radio with Phil Evans um, talking about koalas today. Um, understandably, um, there was some distressing. Uh, audio that we heard just before that was the first video that really broke to uh, to alert the world of this story of this uh, latest huge animal kill um, out near a logging plantation um, to to talk more about the issue and to understand what is quite a complex area around koalas we've got uh, the friends of the earth campaigner who works on koalas and old dirt radio voice for those who've been listening for a while Anthony Amos on the phone Anthony are you there I'm sort of here yeah yeah. Um, thanks for joining us today. I know you've been absolutely swamped and uh, been working hard and actually out in the field working, so we really appreciate it. No worries. Yeah, I had a, I was going to do some work yesterday in Gippsland, but got sidetracked with media calls. So anyway, yeah, no, it's a it's a full on story. It really is, and it's uh, it's really captured the uh, attention of everyone in Australia and around the world. What sort of international interest has there been so far? Uh, well, I know BBC picked it up, and I've done an interview with a German radio, uh, sorry, a German newspaper, I can't recall their name. I've had some interest from Japan, um, there's a bit of interest from the US, and it's had sort of saturation media coverage within Australia, so it's certainly, um, it's certainly going off. So I, I got a call from a contact, I won't name her, um, in Western Victoria on um, Saturday about midday, and... Um, she said this disaster was unfolding uh, near Cape Bridgewater. And so I said, oh, yeah, okay. And she said, I said, have you got photos? And she said, no, she get back to me. And she got back to me. And anyway, this woman, uh, Helen, I think you've seen the footage of her. Mm. Um, it was quite amazing footage. Anyway, I got a hold of that and I thought, what do I do? So I just started sharing it on Facebook. And it, it basically went from there. Um, 
Then I put a faux blog out and it went from there. And next thing I know, um, she was up to, you know, she started off the day when I got the video, there was 200 hundred views to the video and then um, I think it's up to 135,000 now. Mm. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> so, is. Yeah, so it, it went off. So the issue there was she uh, she's a local resident. She noticed uh, these displaced koalas and she went up to the to this uh, recently logged uh, uh, blue gum plantation and was horrified um, uh, to see uh, animals in trees. There was al- already a team of carers out there, apparently, so, that, so they'd been tipped off it. And she somehow got on site and managed to walk walk the windrows. So after they log a, a plantation, uh, the, the the debris bulldoze into these what they call windrows, mm-hmm. and they usually set a light. And she walked along the windrows and could just smell dead koala. Uh, you know, and she looked inside there was and there were dead koalas. Mm-hmm. Now she initially told us there must be hundreds of animals, and the latest I've heard is that. Um, I think 7.30 report in the age. They've reported that that, that the... Oh, it's now a, a major crime scene. Mm. So that's interesting. Uh, so uh, they said last night in the media about 40 to 50 animals have been found in the, dead in the windrows and then there's another 80 to 90 that have been found in the uh, in the vegetation. So the, so the company that cleared the trees was a blue gum company um, associated with Midway and Mitsui. So, but they pulled out in about they'd finished their operation in about late November. They left uh, according to them they left uh, about t- uh, ten hectares of trees uh, as koala have refuge. And anyway, a new owner stepped in and then uh, taken out those remaining trees and done all the bulldozing work. So. Uh, the finger's going to really be hit hard at the uh, at the new owner who's 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 done these works. The plantation company will probably uh, won't be found culpable, but uh, we've seen time and time again down there that um, you know a blue gum plantation mows down um, blue, you know a koala habitat. Where do the koalas go after the logging? Um, and uh, you know, some some plantations have hundreds of animals. So, um, yeah, what we're witnessing down there is it's, it's nothing short of a disaster. Um, so you've, you've got the uh, the first issue really is, is is the welfare of the animals. So there's a there's a team of vets down there and there's animal carers. So that's the first thing that um, that, that that needs to be done is the welfare of the animals. Um, now there's a question there. You know, how many are going to be euthanized? Um, what happens to the animals that are released? Uh, we've got a big concern there. We don't think there's any methodology that the uh, that the wildlife carers are really using to. I think they'll put koalas wherever they think that you know there's there's some bush, but mm. it's not that simple. And koalas are very territorial, so you take them out of their areas, and um, you know, and they don't survive that long very often. And you know, and even stress moving them out of a tree can kill an animal through stress. Uh, you know, is there the available habitat for the animals in the native forest down there? And, uh, you know, last time I was down there, I witnessed a lot of koalas in roadsides and re- eating into the, <coughs> into the remnant vegetation. So there's the welfare of the animal. There's the, um, you know, the uh, issue of the Wildlife Act. that the, the, the guys that did this work have to be prosecuted under the Wildlife Act. Uh, that, that only allows for an $8,000 fine and possibly $800 uh, per head of, of animals that are killed. That's maximum. If they get a good lawyer, they, you know, they, they, could, they could get off with, with a fine. And the third uh, issue, and, and this is 
probably the really tricky one. It's the one that people really don't understand. I've done some interviews on this um, on, on some national media. Is that yeah? There's two distinct populations of koalas in Victoria. People don't understand this. There's the endemic koala, which is in Gippsland, uh, South Gippsland, in 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 Gunai and Bunurong country, and then there's these other populations which are translocated animals. Now, in the in the wild, koalas have have natural pathogens which sort of act to keep the population in check, but the animals that are translocated are particularly the animals that were moved to French Island in the 1880s, um, and then they ate out French Island. There's only three koalas, they, they, and then they bred. They, had, they um, uh, basically ate out of French Island, and then they had to move the animals off French Island or the, onto um, Snake Island and all the rest of it. And anyway, and then they started translocating these descendants into Western Victoria. The French Island animals uh, don't have, have the natural pathogens. So there's no mechanism uh, in those translocated populations that keeps the uh, the population, you know, under control. So in Western Victoria, where these animals have been moved to, they've uh, the translocated animals have caused all sorts of uh, havoc. Uh, the, the most recent one was Cape Otway, where uh, oh, hundreds of hectares of managum forest was absolutely uh, defoliated, uh, dead. And I recommend any of the listeners next time they're down the Otways. Have a drive through um, down the Cape Otway to the lighthouse, and you'll drive through this managum forest that was absolutely, uh, you know, eaten. And the government had to step in there. They moved animals out, but they had to euthanise something like 400 animals. This was only three years ago, um, and they euthanised them because they were starving to death. And these animals in the managum had become managum specialists, and they wouldn't eat other species for some strange reason. Uh, Framlingham Forest down in uh, down near Warrnambool, that that suffered for many, many years. Mount Eccles, the managum, the biggest managum forest in the, on the world, that suffered from over-browsing. And, and for 30 years now, the government's tried all these attempts to try to keep these translocated populations in check. They've used sterilisation, they've used hormone implants, uh, you name it, they've tried it, but it hasn't worked. So there was this issue with these translocated animals back in the um, 1980s. And then what happened was the plantation industry went into overdrive and they planted about 200,000 hectares of bluegum plantation in, in southwest Victoria. And bluegums now, are we, a species of tree that koalas eat, that's right? Uh, yeah, well, what we found in the Streslek is, is there's three trees that koalas, what they call pre- pre- preferred tree species. You've got the mountain grey gum, you've got the uh, Streslekii, Streslecki gum, and you've got bluegum. Um, so what happened was that the plantation industry went into overdrive, converted all this sheep country into bluegum plantations, not knowing, and no one, had, no one knew this really at the time, that the animals would actually get moving and utilise the plantations. There was a study done by Australia Koala Foundation back in the um, mid-90s, and that, oh, sorry, mid-2000s, and, and they basically said that it wasn't going to be a problem. So everyone, is, you know, all the industry and that assumed from that report that this over browsing wasn't going to be a problem, but it, it certainly was. And in 2013, the um, 7:30 report broke a story of uh, some animals uh, in near Mount Gambier and in uh, near Bassibel down in that southwest. Uh, you know, a plantation had been logged, and all these animals had been had been remo- uh, killed or they were starving to death. Same issues what we reported this week. Um, and so, yeah, you've got this uh, 200,000 hectares of habitat that's been planted. The animals have moved in. 
you know, average life of a koala might be six to eight years, so the plantations might be logged, you know, I don't know, maybe every 14 years. So in that time, you've got one, two, three, possibly three generations of animals that have specialised in eating in those blue gum plantations. Which throws up an interesting question. I saw this morning the um, the landowner has actually made comment in the media claiming that the story has been overblown and that um, he's looking forward to, well, he's going to comply with any um, legal action thrown at him, which the government have indicated they intend to use the full force of the Wildlife Act that you mentioned earlier to prosecute. Uh, however, what you're saying is is interesting in terms of um, where ultimate responsibility lies, and it seems like there hasn't been any sort of regulation or control put around plantation companies and their responsibility for those displaced animals after they've done these operations and created these kind of temporary um, mega habitat areas, I suppose, for the koalas to live in. Um, do do you think that perhaps, like, I mean, if we know the scale of the plantations going on, that maybe we're only scratching the surface in terms of the animal kills that are happening out there? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Look, like I said, the 730 report raised this in 2013, and in some contacts I've worked with, got some footage in 2014 of a koala up a blue gum tree that got chopped down when the animal was in it, and that went ballistic across mm. the world. And that contact of mine has, uh, she's spent the last three or four years mopping up after a lot of these blue gum plantations have been logged. And she said the displacement is enormous. Uh, so it's not just this area that's where, where this problem occurs. It's happening um, uh, in uh, a lot of instances, but because you haven't got a local resident next door who's raised the alarm, and a lot of these plantations are very isolated, uh, so there's what goes on um, in the plantations. It would be often unreported. Uh, the other issue is that the plantations are private land, so anyone who takes the risk uh, of trying to find what's going on uh, is likely to be uh, prosecuted. Uh, some of these properties have cameras up, mm. hidden cameras, uh, that will be tracking people as they, um, if they move into these areas. So, uh, yeah, and the contact I've got, she, uh, she received death threats back in um, 2014 and um, she had an explosive device thrown in her backyard. Oh. Um, <clears throat> so it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty risky work. Um, there are animal carers down there that have actually got into an alliance with, with the blue gum firms and the blue gum firms have sort of improved their practice in terms of, you know, they'll, they'll hire spotters and, you know, before before the machinery goes through, and if there's any animals there, they're supposed to, um, to get the animals removed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But no, you're absolutely right. The displacement of the animals after the plantation's been logged turns it into an animal welfare issue, and the onus on the companies, the companies will, will wash their hands of it. Mm. I mean, the companies that did the logging in this particular instance have essentially walked away. So it's not not our issue; it's the new owners. Mm. Um, so you know, it's uh, it's it's definitely a curly one, and um, it's it's um, yeah, and, I, and you know, the koalas are uh, an icon issue, and that's, um, and you know, they they pull at people's heartstrings. So, mm. uh, so the, and it's not only Victoria; the translocated populations are also in South Australia. All the South Australian animals come from Victoria originally. So this over overpopulation issue is a serious one. The um, animal in Queensland and New South Wales is threatened. And we were trying to put pressure on the Victorian government to put the Streslecki animal as threatened as well. I mean, there's only a few thousand of animals down there. 
But because of the translocated population and the booms in population cycles, the government in, a, in Victoria doesn't think it warrants any protection uh, other than what's in the Wildlife Act. So um, there's no... Uh, so this issue of endangered spe- uh, threatened species um, doesn't necessarily apply to um, the, the Victorian animals. But, um, yeah, so... Um, so what we're going to do now is just is, is track the issue. I think it'll it'll calm down a bit. And like I said, the the, the scene where this uh, carnage happened is a crime scene. Mm. Those guys, you know, need need to get get the book thrown at them. And I'm really happy that Foe got on board and had a Twitter campaign that Dan Andrews and um, you know and the conservation ministers come out very um, forcefully on the issue. Mind you, the state government euthanised 400 animals a couple of years ago. So. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, look, it's 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 a big problem. So I mean, the long term game with this one is how do you actually get a situation where you can keep the the population in the of the translocated animals in some sort of balance, and that is a hard sell. Uh, I know a particular scientist who thinks he's got the answer, but um, he's from another state and he can't get through the brick wall of the Victorian bureaucracy. Uh, you know, a koala bureaucracy. So. And then you've got the issue also of animal welfare people who probably won't uh, be too happy if uh, there's, you know, if there's a pathogens introduced into the um, translocated populations either. So, yeah, it's, a, it's education on one hand and it's also... Uh, but, you know, all this media and all this discussion helps because it starts seeing people, uh, letting people understand it's not as simple as it's black and white. And um, let, uh, let's hope we can use the traction we're getting at the moment to have some meetings with the government and see if we can get a long-term plan which will have the welfare of the animal um, at, at hand. Absolutely. And I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and explaining um, what is a complex uh, situation and, uh, and and thank you for yesterday helping me get my head around it. Um, it really um, is an eye-opener to understand um, what is happening because it's easy just to rely on the emotional response to this situation rather than... Uh, actually taking a breath and um, looking and going, actually, this is really complicated and there's some really difficult decisions to be made into the future. So thank you so much for joining us, Anthony. No worries, Phil. Pleasure. All right. Thanks a lot. I'll speak to you soon. That was Anthony Amos, uh, the koala campaigner at Friends of the Earth in Melbourne. Um, And if you are at home and you're wondering, um, what can I do? Um, Where can I read more about this? If you jump onto the Melbourne Friends of the Earth website, that's melbournefo.org.au, you can check out, um, we've got a blog post up there, which goes through some of the issues that we just spoke about with uh, Anthony. And there is also a petition um, calling on uh, Premier Dan Andrews to take action to ensure that not only that the animal kills are avoided in the future, but also to ensure the long-term viability of the iconic species of the koala. We'll be back in just one moment. Hello, this is Dan Salton, and you're listening to 3CR Blackfellow Radio, Melbourne. That's right, you are on 3CR, and if you are listening and enjoying the show today, then um, please jump on to 3cr.org.au and subscribe. 
because subscribing is the way to keep Radical Radio alive. Um, not only does it mean that you'll keep shows like Dirt Radio on the air, but it means that you can be part of how the station is run. And at the moment, nominations are open to um, to join in the committees that help run and keep this radical, amazing place going. So if that sort of thing interests you, check out 3cr.org.au and get involved here. Other places you can get involved around at Friends of the Earth. Uh, there is so much happening at the moment, um, I can't even go through it. Tonight, there is a screening of Tunnel Vision, which is a documentary that looks at the successful community campaign that defeated the East-West Link Tunnel. Uh, and that is on at Loop Project Bar at 6 o'clock tonight. There is uh, Politics in the Pub in Mel- Belgrave tomorrow night at uh, 6.30, so you can meet the Act on Climate Collective and get involved in their campaign to see Victoria become a leader on climate action. There is a weekend of action this week as well. So uh, people may remember the fracking ban that went through a few years ago. Coupled with it was a moratorium on conventional gas drilling, uh, so different to fracking, but that conventional gas drilling moratorium or temporary stop is up for review in June. So we've called a weekend a weekend of action. And if people are interested in getting involved in Melbourne, and there'll be lots of actions happening around the state, so check out your local Gasfield Free group, uh, then you can give me an email on phil.evans at foe.org.au or jump onto our website and um, leave a little contact message on there and I'll check that throughout the day. Um, And we'll be meeting on Thursday to discuss what we're going to do on Saturday. And we've got some fun props and it'll be a great little fun action. Plenty to do also coming up. The human sign calling for Victorian climate leadership. Uh, We need to keep it under 1.5 degrees. So we've got a human sign happening uh, on February 16th at Monash University. Um, But of course, there's so much to do. So check out our Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash foe Melbourne, F-O-E Melbourne. Um, And you'll find on there an event listing that goes through so many ways that you can get involved at Friends of the Earth. So let's make 2020 a year of action and get amongst it. It's now already 9.55 and I can't believe how quickly a show goes. Um, If you want to re-listen to that interview that we did with Anthony Amos about the um, unfolding uh, issue around the koala massacre that happened down uh, near Portland over the weekend, then um, you can check out our podcast page. Um, That'll be up in the next hour or so. Um, And you can look back at all of the shows and all of your favorite other shows as well because it's all about podcasts, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I want to thank you for joining me for the first show and putting up with my little glitches and little errors as I get back into the swing of radio. But uh, I know that Megan and M are excited to get back on the airwaves as well. So make sure you put it in your diary, 9.30 Tuesdays. Dirt Radio. Uh, Coming up next is the Koori Survival Show, so keep it on 3CR, and let's go out with a little bit of the Thievery Corporation. This is called Letter to the Editor. Particle of promises, baby empty bellies, poverty and democracies and political rallies. But who the rich are for using it for votes? Pretend that me is sorry for them winning, it's a joke. I'm sick of trick or treaters in costume disguises, leaders, charismatic public speakers, false prophets and fake healers. Articulate perfect grammar, scammers, scamming us for votes. In front of TV camera with an innocent approach, no more lies and fallacies. Apologies, trying to ask, please. When I squeeze on your pioneers, 
justice or else as the minister for a con so me stand up a garden house with my glock up in my hand if i take it literally fuck it jeez i'm kind of sorry but my need for answer what them really do to pretty give me the microphone and make me rep the innocent pain recompense for money spent to feed the government give me the microphone get the people riled up too much fucker piled up get the thing them iled up parallel universes in the same old hemisphere authorities they don't care with them nose up in the air so what bombs them Make the syndrome get the fences, permeate them residences Extend up to the trenches of the where the president is Carm up on the ones and twos, yes, it turn the tables Had enough for you with your parables and tables Jamaican bad girl, queen and revolutionary Never quick to start a war, but shoot whenever necessary Product of the inner city, where me come from, make no pretty Survive the nitty gritty, ain't nobody taking pity Survive a kind of tricky in New York, Cali and Philly Are the same thing I go on down a Kingston Turn physical from long time scars. We are reap the residual from slavery to now. Now the thing get critical. Them can't kill with soul, cause them sights are with spiritual. Sights are with spiritual. So they be like, hey, credible and the sights were subliminal. Get them mad, then chastise them as criminal. Give good drugs under guys, it's clinical. Bombs them, make 